G'day guys, how's it going? My name is Pete and I'm the host of the Aussie English Podcast and today I am going to be talking about common errors made in English by Portuguese speakers, most typically Brazilian Portuguese speakers as these are the people that I come into contact with most. So, without any further ado, let's get into it. Alrighty, number one. Confusing vowel sounds. Now, there are a few of these in English. They're called minimal pairs, right? When two sounds are very similar to one another and in Portuguese, you may not have either of these sounds or you may have one of them and it's difficult for you to differentiate between them. I have two of them for you, okay? These are two vowel sounds. Firstly, I versus E. I as in the word it or ship versus the vowel sound E, which is in, say, eat or sheep. So, the word it is slightly more neutral. It's more relaxed in the face and the mouth is a little bit closed. I, 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 as in it or ship. And then the vowel sound E, you've got a wider mouth. It's a little tighter and the tongue is higher with a very small space between the top of your mouth and the tongue. E. E, E. So, let's compare those two. E, 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 E. They're almost the same except the tongue is rising up and for E, the mouth is a little wider and a little tighter. So, let's just compare some minimal pairs here. It, eat, ship, sheep. And I know these are important because they can they can confuse words that can be perceived as rude if you mispronounce them. So, if you're trying to say something like beach, you might accidentally say bitch. If you say something like sheet, you might mispronounce it as shit, okay? So, that's the first one. The second one includes the two vowel sounds a and e, okay? Have a look at my mouth. Ah, wider, the jaw is lower, ah, ah, and then eh, eh, ah, eh, ah, eh. So, what are we going to hear these in? For example, Brad, ah, Brad, versus bread, eh, eh, bread. So, I had my wife once call a friend of mine named Brad, bread, and he was very confused. Ah, Eh. Maybe another example would be had versus head. So, the main difference there is that for the ah vowel sound, the jaw is low, ah, 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 tongue is flat, and then ah, eh, it lifts up. So, it's getting closer to that neutral schwa sound in the mouth, uh, but it's, it's not quite that, obviously. Eh, eh, had, head. Brad, bread. All right, so number two, words ending with consonant sounds. A lot of Brazilians tend to open what we call closed syllables and they end up adding a vowel sound to the end of these, these syllables. So, for example, instead of saying fun, they'll say funny. Or instead of saying big, they'll say biggie. 
right? You're adding that E sound to it because it's a natural thing that you do in Portuguese. In English, though, we can often have these closed syllables where we effectively have a consonant sound at, fr at the front and a consonant sound at the end, okay? So, instead of saying biggy, you'll say big. Instead of saying funny, you'll say fun. Instead of saying heavy, you'll say have. So, just pay attention to that, okay? In a similar vein, in a similar sort of pattern here with adding vowel sounds to the ends of words, number three is that Brazilian Portuguese speakers quite often mispronounce ED endings. So, whether they are past participles or adjectives, they will often say instead of say watched, they'll say watched or instead of evolved, they'll say evolved. So, they're adding in this E or E vowel sound to which, which adds a syllable. So, it changes the way that the word sounds for native speakers. Watched, watched, mm -mm -mm. watched. Evolved, evolved, no, it's evolved, okay? And remember, there are three types of ED endings, T, D and UD. And we only say that UD sound after a T or a D. When a word ends in T or D, for example, plant, planted or planted. For example, wanted and needed. They're the only times. When there's a T and a D, you'll say the uh sound after it before the D, wanted, needed. But if it is any other consonant or vowel sound, it will be either a T for unvoiced consonants. So, like CH or SH, you'll say T after it, washed, watched. And if it's voiced, like evolved, you'll say a D sound or played. Number four, using uh in front of S's at the front of words when they are consonant clusters. So, for example, saying sport instead of just sport, right? Sport, you'll say a sport. Or instead of special, you'll say special. Structure, a structure. So, this is because in Portuguese, you will never have these consonant clusters, multiple consonants, at the front of a word that begins with S. You will have to have an E in front of that. You will, you will have to have an E sound in front of that in Portuguese, at least as far as I know. In English, that's not the case. So, make sure with any words that just start with an S, no matter what word it is, just make sure that you're saying a longer sort of S sound. Right? S, there's no a uh first and then it's it's not a special or a sport. It's just special sport. Okay? So, pay attention to that. Number five, putting an E sound in front of a Y in English. So, for example, saying EU or Iyangi or Eeyore or Yes. We won't do that. So, when we see words that start with a Y, it's not a vowel sound, but it is a Y sound. We call this the Yod in English. Y. So, again, pay attention to when you're saying these words. And if you're saying E, as if you're saying the letter E, um, avoid doing that and try instead just saying Y, starting with that Y sound. Y. And it can be tricky because there are words like Europe 
or even a female sheep, U, which could start with other letters like E and maybe words like utopia, which again also start with a Y sound despite being spelt with a vowel at the start of the word. Okay, so just focus straight in on that Y sound with no E, E, okay? Number six, words starting with W. Sometimes you'll put a vowel sound in front of these and say something closer to where, why, want. Like the previous example we went over, you need to focus on saying the consonant with no vowel before it. W, w, where, want, why, where, want, why. Be careful of putting a vowel oo sound in front of them because it'll change the sounding of the word and people will be, English speakers are going to be a bit, uh, what are you saying? They'll be a bit confused, right? Because you've added a vowel. Where, where, want, want, why, why, okay? So, practice saying that w consonant sound first with no vowel before it. Number seven, okay, so words that end with D or T, quite often Brazilian Portuguese speakers will say J and CH because this is obviously what you do in Portuguese, right? For example, danches, you'll say CH instead of a T sound or um, what's another one? Balgi, right? Instead of baldi. So, in English, if a word ends with D or T, you need to say it as a hard D or a hard T, okay? So, paid, not page or pagey. Bat, not batch or batchy. Remember, don't add that vowel sound either. So, the reason this is important is, especially for short words, if you add a J sound instead of a D sound, it can change the meaning of the word, right? Paid, page. If you add a ch sound instead of a t, you will change the meaning of bat to batch. Okay, so pay attention to that as well. All right, number eight. So, number eight is words ending in n and m. So, the letters n, m, and the letter m, m. Brazilian Portuguese speakers, obviously, and well, Portuguese, Portuguese speakers anywhere, often pronounce words ending in n and m as a Mm sound, kind of an NG that we would have in English. For example, game, you know, jogo, game, gain, ganha, gain, and then gang, which would be, I guess, gangi, gain, game, gang. Another good one is then. Another one is them and then. Sometimes you guys will say then, okay? So, them, and then get used to ending syllables with m and n when they're spelt with an m or an n. Number nine. So, the th in English. Brazilian Portuguese speakers can often say t and d instead of the unvoiced th and the voiced v. Okay, so I know I know the th is really difficult in English. It's a very weird sound that feels really unnatural in Portuguese because you guys don't use it, but it actually sounds a little strange to not use it for English speakers when they're listening to other people speaking English, right? It's not very common in the English speaking world, although there are some accents where they will do it. Usually, people will use the th, both the voiced one and the unvoiced one. 
And remember, if you change these sounds to t and d, you can change the meaning of the word. Okay, so let's go through some examples. Firstly, let's start with the voiced th. I'll say it a few times and just listen and repeat after me. And remember, I call it the teeth and tongue sandwich when we're doing the th because you've got teeth, tongue, teeth, right? So you should have contact. The teeth on both the top and the bottom should be touching the tongue, but air can escape through and it vibrates. And this is voiced, so you should feel vibration here in the throat. So, for example, words like the, this, that, there. And you'll get better and better doing it quicker and quicker. This, that, there, the. So, sometimes if you mispronounce this as a stop consonant, duh, you'll say things like dis instead of this or dat instead of that or dare instead of there. And remember, it's changing the meaning of the word. The unvoiced one, okay. Say it with me. So, it's the same as the one beforehand, but there's no sound coming through the throat. You should feel no vibration here. It's just air. So, for example, three, thrust, thistle, cloth. And again, if you change that sound to a t sound, it can change the meaning of the word. So, you might hear three instead of three or trust instead of thrust, or maybe clot instead of cloth. So, practice those THs. I know it's awkward, it feels horrible, but it only comes with practice. If you avoid using them, you'll never overcome the pronunciation. You won't nail the pronunciation. You won't perfect it. It just takes practice. Number 10, the L at the ends of words. So, sometimes Brazilians will pronounce this as a sort of W sound, like an OO kind of sound, a reverse W. Because I know in words like soul or mel, you guys have a W sound. In Australian English, or in English everywhere, it'll be the light L, usually, L, where the tongue is touching the top of the mouth, L, and the air is escaping around the sides, L, like Pool, hell, heel, shell, Brazil, hole. I will mention the dark L, which is close to the Brazilian L at the ends of words. So, for instance, instead of saying pool, I might say pool. It's really quick. And instead of heel, I might say heel. Instead of Brazil, I might say Brazil. It's very, it's very quick. The dark L is very advanced and you'll learn this more in my pronunciation course, but it's like a quick version of the Brazilian ooh. It's like a ooh, ooh, Brazil, Brazil instead of Brazil, right? It's, it's lighter, it's shorter. 11. All right, now we're getting into the advanced stuff. Stress patterns. So, I know that in Portuguese, you guys for long words will have the last syllable, the second last syllable, or the third last syllable where the emphasis on that word falls, right? Words like confortável, or provável, or dictionário. I know that you guys have the emphasis 
on the ends of the words. In English, often we have the same equivalent words, right? So, confortável, comfortable, or improvável, improbable. Uh, dictionário will have dictionary. The thing is that the emphasis quite often moves. It's not in the same place. And guess what? I had the same problem learning this in reverse when I was learning Portuguese. I would say, confortável or dictionário. Like, I would screw it up. So, the trick here, and it's important to kind of learn the international phonetic alphabet. When you open a dictionary, you're going to see a little apostrophe at the top of the syllable in the word where that emphasis is, okay? And it's just that you need to pay attention to where that will be in English words, especially long English words, and especially where they are cognates. So, like, confortável, comfortable, um, improvável, improbable, and lastly, dictionário, dictionary. So, just pay attention to those. Something else to mention here is how emphasis can actually be used in different parts of the word and it changes the meaning of the word. These are called heteronyms, where you effectively have two words that are spelt the same, but different parts of them, either the front or the end, are emphasized and it changes the meaning of the word. Um, so, for example, the word content versus content. Content would be the material that you have, right, the content of this video. And if you are content, you're happy. Another example would be perfect versus perfect, okay? If something is perfect, that's the adjective for perfeito. If you want to perfect something, you want to do something perfectly. You want to master that thing, right? So, the emphasis there changes the meaning of the word. I know, it can be confusing. All right, number 12, the Australian R sound. So, in Brazilian Portuguese, as I'm sure you're probably aware, there are two different R sounds, but they're different from the English R, the rhotic R sound. You'll have that H sound at the starts of words, H, like hurau, and also in the middle there, like the R part, you'll have a, what we call a T flap, where the tongue kind of flicks, flicks up, hurau. R, 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 right? Like caro, caro. It flicks against the top of the mouth. We don't use either of those as R's in English, although we have both of those sounds. So, the H sound will be an H and the R sound will be a T or D flap, like in the word um, lera, lera, right? For the T in that word. So, paying attention to this, you need to be sure that you're saying R. R, the R where the tongue kind of curls up like that and air is escaping over the top and around the sides. R, R, and it's getting really close to the top of the mouth. It's, it's kind of like your hands cupping like this, right? That's the shape of the tongue. R, so say some of these words with me. Red, reach, rock. Rat. So, just get used to the r, r sound. There's another tricky part here for Australian English. Australian English is not rhotic. So, when you see an R in the spelling of words, it's only pronounced if there is a vowel sound after the R. So, for example, in the word heard, 
We don't pronounce the R because there's a D after it. If I said the word, well, word is another example. There's an R before a D. Work, I don't say the R because it's before a K sound. Warp, I don't say it because it's before a P sound. But if I were to say the word war, like geha, war, it's not said because there's no vowel after it. But if I use a word now in linking speech, if there's a word after the word war, war is wrong, I do say the R because there's a vowel sound now in the next word, at the start of the next word, war is, war is wrong, war is. So, that's something to get used to in Australian English specifically, non-rhotic English. The R is only pronounced if there is a vowel sound after it, whether in the word or when it's at the start of the next word, okay? We're getting close to the end, guys. 13. The schwa. So, a lot of languages, including Portuguese, don't use a schwa uh, sound. In English, it is probably, I think it is, the most common vowel sound because we use it for any of the letters A, E, I, O and U when they are unstressed syllables. So, we were talking about where stress falls on certain syllables in both Portuguese and English. In English, when the stress falls on a syllable, usually the syllable before it or the syllable after it will be unstressed and therefore commonly, most commonly, not always, but most of the time, it's a schwa sound. So, for example, the word about, right? The second syllable is the one that's emphasized, bout. The first syllable isn't uh, about, about, about. Another example might be banana, b Nana or potato, potato or computer, computer, computer. So it's subtle. You just have to get used to having a neutral mouth and saying uh, uh. So the tongue is flat, the lips are kind of rounded, the jaw isn't too low, but it's also not too high. It's just neutral. Uh, right? It's kind of like you're having a brain freeze. Uh, uh. Uh. So, again, say these words with me. Computer. Holiday. Cactus. Banana. Potato. The easiest way to learn this, apart from obviously doing a lot of listen and repeat exercises, again, is to learn the International Phonetic Alphabet, the IPA, open up a dictionary and have a look for where the unstressed syllables are with the little schwa e, upside down e syllable, okay? And then just practice pronouncing those words. 14, all right, intonation, the melody of language, the way that it sounds like music, intonation, right? Portuguese, especially Brazilian Portuguese, has a very up and down tone to it, right? Um, Like you have this up and down, up and I'm I'm exaggerating, but you have this up and down tone to the language and it goes up in higher pitch. This can be confusing for English speakers if you use the same sort of intonation when speaking English because we raise the pitch on stressed words and stressed syllables. So, the part of the word that's most important will raise the pitch. But also, the word in the sentence is where it will also raise the pitch. 
So, if you overdo this and you raise the pitch too often, it can be confusing for English speakers when they're trying to understand which part of the sentence is the most important part that you're trying to really stress, okay? So, just get used to English being a little flatter, but then with the important words, that's when we stress the words, right? So, it just takes practice. Shadowing exercises are really good for working on this. Listen and repeat exercises are also really good. And also, obviously, learning when and when not to use the schwa and syllable stress in English, okay? Practice makes perfect. It takes time, but just keep focusing on it. All right, the last one, guys, is a bit of a bonus. And this is where I've heard Brazilian Portuguese speakers turn T sounds in English at the starts of words into a CH sound when it's followed by an OO vowel sound. So, I'll hear people say to go, right, instead of to go with a hard T sound, to go. They'll say chu, chu. Um, I want to, to. I want you, chu, right? Um, there are chu people outside, 20 chu. We do turn the T into a CH sound, but there are only two situations where this happens. It's going to be when you have a long OO sound and it's usually shown by the letter U in a word. So, for example, I wouldn't say adventure, I would say adventure, adventure, adventure. I won't say mature, I'll say mature, mature. But with words that are spelt with an O or you might say a W next to the T and then it's an OO sound, it's pronounced as a hard T, 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 two, two, two sound, okay? The last example is T followed by R in English. That's when we also turn that T into a CH sound. So, instead of saying trick, trick, or tree, or trap, we'll say trick, tree, trap. So, pay attention to that, okay? Anyway, guys, that's it for this video. I hope it's helped. Keep working on your pronunciation. It's one of those things like going to the gym. You just have to keep doing it. You can't really just go to the gym for three months and then you're fit for the rest of your life. You have to keep practicing again and again and again for probably your entire life. So, just keep working on it, okay? Don't give up. Anyway, I'm Pete. Go and check out my other content on Aussie English and make sure that you check out the links below if you want to improve your Australian English and I'll see you guys later. Peace.